This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. The Ultimate Marvel Podcast. Ultimate Marvel Podcast episode 40 something I think and I'm super excited because this is our Infinity War review and as everybody who listens to this knows I'm a huge Thanos and Infinity Gauntlet fan so I've been eagerly awaiting this movie and I could not be more happy with it once again Dewan's back with me yes sir I'm here you've been becoming sort of like a regular on these movie reviews I like it (laughs) (laughs) we also have a special guest with us Leroy D from the Comic Bullies podcast on Outright Geekery who I got the podcast with on uh, it was a Ragnarok review yeah I think it was a Ragnarok we did like a crossover episode yeah and it was it was fun we got a chance to really talk about Thor Ragnarok and yeah now we get a continued conversation now yeah, I had fun too, man. So I wanted to bring you on here. Um, that was a good conversation. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, I uh, saw the movie last night. Uh, it was a packed theater. Was sitting back and just you know monitoring Twitter, kind of getting a a feel for what everybody was thinking about it right now. Well, I'll tell Wait you. To, so we always do. I'm glad you said that because what we normally do on here is we give a big spoiler spoiler alert right now. And I'm glad you said that because every now and then we start talking about it and I forget to warn people that we're doing spoilers. But for anybody listening, if you haven't seen this and you don't want to be spoiled, then you need to go ahead and cut it off. Batman dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get to uh, who dies and who doesn't die and all that goodness. I think it was pretty much expected that everybody was going to die in this movie. I kept hearing that rumor over and over again. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. That was the tagline there. I mean, like I said, we, we've all read... Well, before we get there, who all has read the actual Infinity Gauntlet storyline comic? I did. So, okay. so Leroy, here, here's the deal with me, man. I That was the story that got me into comics. So yeah, I, that was like the first big crossover. You know, like you, all these superheroes right. coming together. And I don't know they've done it before then, but that was the first time I've seen it. And it, it was mind blowing seeing that. You know, for me. Yeah, I've never. There's never. I've never. I mean, they do all hands on events in in the comics all the time, but nobody's ever been able to do that in a movie. I mean, the only way they could pull this off was by this ten year history of movies where they've introduced you to all these characters. I mean, that was the only way to make it work. So it was. Pretty- and, and we got to think about this. Like ten years ago, even when he did a, Avengers, technically was a crossover event, and even then, at the time, they thought it was something that was impossible. Man, so I had a, I had two thoughts when I got out of this movie. One, the first one was that I needed to talk about it, what I just witnessed, because it was crazy. And then two was that I needed a drink, and I needed something hard, <laughs> because that was a, a, an intense movie. That's not what you typically get out of a Marvel movie. I mean, our yeah. theater was very somber at the end of that movie. Right, yeah. Usually after these Marvel movies, people are clapping, you know, applauding, cheering. I didn't see anybody, you know, clapping or applauding. They kind of just, you know... 
you know, left. But, you know, it, it right. did. you did feel emotion in the theater that I was in. You know, people were really into the movie. So that was a good thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, I don't I don't get emotional a lot at all. But uh, at the end, when uh, Peter Parker kind of whittled away, I was like, damn, I didn't get emotional. But I'm like, man, that's kind of sad to see how how attached he was to Tony Stark and how he didn't want to he didn't want to die or how Tony Stark was attached to him, mm-hmm. you know, because sure. technically Peter is the closest thing he's ever had to a son. And for Tony, uh, for Peter, Tony is the closest thing he has to a father. Yeah. So when you really think about it, even though, you know, Tony kind of played it off and kind of meant to him, I mean, that's what their relationship was. And when he saw him dying, he hugged him. That was mm-hmm. that was an emotional scene. So, yeah, their whole relationship up to this point has been Tony trying to keep him out of the action because he doesn't want him to get hurt or something like this to happen. And that's exactly what did happen, which made it uh, extra emotional. Yeah, and did you notice that at the end of the movie, and like I said, we full spoilers, so we're just going to just crank yep. right to the end. It's something I want to <laughs> say. Notice when everybody died. Remember Thanos' plan was to kill half the universe, right? Right. Notice mm-hmm. it was the the half of the other person that died, you know, with Rocket, with Groot. Oh. Yeah, and who else? It was Bucky and Cap, Peter and Tony. You know, it was always... Uh, Black Panther and Okoye, you know, spoilers, hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was always their half of the huh. other person that died. I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't know. think about that. Yeah. But now the exactly. Guardians, it was like the whole, all the Guardians died except for Rocket. So I yep. was expecting it to be, I, yeah, I was expecting it to be like half the team stayed, half the team was gone. But it was a little did, bit did more random. So they the, all died? I did, I did, I did. Yeah. I guess they did, yeah. They all got wiped out there on, on, on Titan right at the end, except for uh, I think Gamora. just Rocket and Groot were on in Wakanda, and then Groot got wiped right. out as well. Yeah, because Groot got wiped out, and Rocket like, not again, you know, seemed to go again. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. So, um, like, I don't know how, I don't know if this is the case for you guys, but I had a, I have a hard time gauging this movie, because the whole movie, I'm thinking... Like this is great. I'm clue. I'm like engaged every second of the movie, and I kept thinking this may be my favorite MCU movie to date. But when it ends, the way it, the way we just talked about how it ends, that you're, I mean, it's like you purposely don't feel good about it. And I don't yeah. know. That I mean, kind of makes it, it harder makes for me to say best wonder, ever. Is this is this a movie that holds up to repeat viewings? Yeah, is this a yeah. movie you watch four or five times every time? Oh, Infinity War is on. I want to watch it again. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can go see this movie like four or five times, like I went with Avengers. You know, something like or a Civil yeah. War. You know, I, I can't. I can because it was weird because it was such an action packed movie from beginning to end, but the way it ended was like it's a setup movie, and it was really sure. weird to have that much action in a movie. It for it to be a setup for the sequel right? or for the next movie. So it was really, I don't know if it's genius or just something different, but that's the feeling I got from it when I left. Yeah. And let's, let's be honest. There's already a garden guardians three being written. So they got, oh, they have all these movies set up. Yeah. That's a, look, that's homecoming two, right. homecoming two, black Panther two is coming. So, <laughs> you know, so yeah, we all know that a lot of these deaths are not going to stick. Yeah. You know? They're not, everything can't be set in the past going forward. Right. <laughs> and now, Even now though I, I do have a strong feeling. I think we talked about this earlier that I do think Ant-Man will be in the past. 
like not in the past, like oh, right. maybe six months or a year or something like that. You know, before yeah. these events, they, they it seems like they have to. They they'd have to because it's too much stuff going on, and right. it also makes sense why Captain Marvel was set in the nineties because yeah. Because there's only two movies before Infinity War, the next Infinity War to come. It's just it's only Ant Man and it's Captain Marvel. Then that's we're back, we're back there because the next movie comes out this time next year. Right. Yeah, I think it's uh, March is when uh, Captain Marvel is, and then May yep. for uh, Avengers Four. Yeah. So. And I w- I want to get to that post credit scene here eventually, um, because that's a, <laughs> I think that's a big deal. But we got to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But before we get there, I wanted to ask you guys, like, how badass is Thanos <laughs> watching this Thanos, movie. and, and it, I, I love Thanos. And the thing is, like they said, they changed up Thanos from the comics, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay that he's not some lovesick guy trying to get mm-hmm. out of the friend zone. You know, he they changed him up, and I think he's actually more layers to him in the movie than the comics. I think they've improved him in the movie than the comics, me personally. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And just those first five minutes, it lets you know everything you need to know about Thanos, like power wise. Yeah. First thing, and I, I kind of hate that they turn Hulk into a jobber, you know, uh, but that's what they did. Find the biggest, baddest guy and whoop his ass. <laughs> right. So you set, yeah, you set, the, you set the tone at that point. Exactly. But it's, it's the way he did it. Yeah. So not only is he stronger than the Hulk, but notice that he was using fighting techniques to take yeah. down the Hulk. Well, he did. He did have the rib, to the chin. You know, he did have. So it lets you know he did have the power stone at that point. So I don't. I'm guessing he wouldn't be more powerful, stronger than the Hulk, without the power stone. Maybe you you can make that argument. You can make that argument there. But it just made. But even with the power, just the fact that he was using techniques to make sure know that okay, he's not just a brawler. He's just not some you know dummy going in here just using his force. He's skilled he's technique he's methodical it's letting you know everything from his fighting style so it makes you know yeah he was a technician on that fight scene with the hawk exactly the punches were crisp he beat him down (laughs) two piece in a combo it was like military style almost right and that's what made me looking like okay this is the type of Thanos we're getting okay it lets me know everything I need to know going forward for this character you know yeah yeah I was trying to think like where I would rank him with the other MCU villains and because the movies have in my opinion have been weak on villains I, th- I think Thanos has to I, I be think, at the top. I think that's a, I think that's a myth. Me personally, I think that's a myth. I think that was an issue at one time, but Phase Three, I think, definitely has to me has changed that it's mentality. Gotten better. It's gotten better. I mean, Vulture is not a bad villain. I know I a lot of people I, like Vulture. I thought I could just sort of take take him or leave him. I mean, he, I like, he, yeah. I think Vulture is one of their strongest villains they've had in MCU because you perfectly understood where he was coming from. Right. Hella. I thought Hella was an awesome villain. You know, yeah. and she's one of before Thanos. She was one of the most powerful villains they went against. Like it was like, how can you stop her? You yeah. know. And then Killmonger. I love, I love Ego, man. They the Guardians fought a planet. You know, <laughs> that movie owes me nothing. They fought a planet in that movie. That's me. Uh, Killmonger still one of my favorite villains of yeah. all time. So I don't see why we keep saying. You know, Marvel has bad villains. Yes, there are a list of bunch of bad villains in Marvel's list. I give them that. Well, here's but why I feel like here's yeah. why I say the reason I say that is because if I was going to make a list of my top like five MCU villains, I would have to dig into like the Netflix shows to make a top five. Like I, I like to me, Kingpin 
and Kilgrave were more captivating villains than most of the villains in the movies. But is that fair? Yes. You have 13 hours to oh, establish sure. and, and deal with these villains okay. and understand their backstory. These you have two hours, maybe not even that much, because most of them spend that much time in the movie to understand everything about these characters and just go, you know. Yeah. So I don't think it's really fair to compare a movie to Netflix. My yeah. personal opinion. Hmm. So. Interesting. And I'm just I'm just gonna put this on the line. I mean, like we want to say who's the best MCU villain. I think saying Thanos is the best MCU villain is a, a disservice to him. I'm putting him in, in the greats. I'm putting him up there with Heath Ledger. I'm putting him up there with okay. Darth Vader. Va- oh. Thanos, yeah, Thanos blew me away in this movie. He yeah. made this movie for me. Mm-hmm. Because when he walked on screen, everybody was scared. The sure. theater was scared. The heroes were scared. But he was very, you know, methodical in everything he was thinking. He was very mm-hmm. determined in what he was trying to do. And it made you think, okay, you kind of sympathetic with him, even though you know he's batshit crazy, you know. <laughs> but that's why I feel like he is there. And that and there actually a lot of similarities between him and Darth Vader also. A lot of you know, they both got daddy, you know, their kids got daddy issues with them because they're not the best fathers in the world. You know, they're single minded, they think they're right by conquering the universe, even though everybody around them is trying to stop them. It's a lot of, you know, similarities between those two characters. So yeah. matter of fact, it's a lot of similarities between Star Wars and this movie. Yeah. Did you guys notice what was really shocking to me is that he was at times empathetic to people he was about to either kill or harm. And that's what made him such an interesting character. Yeah, I thought that was a good twist. Yeah, because, for instance, like on Titan, I honestly feel like he could have he could have right then and killed all those guys right then. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he I'm I think he felt like I'm going to give you guys a fighting chance. If you can beat me, you can beat me, but I'm going to give you a fighting chance against me. And so I yeah. think that was on, you know. He had multiple but you remember chances. He would, he would, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say he had multiple chances to kill Star-Lord and I remember the one time he was like, "I like you." And then he just left without killing him. <laughs> right. Because Thanos is focusing on his mission. He's not right. and that's the thing on the on the on the comics, he is some just crazed madman just murdering everything in his path. But in this he has a specific mission. If I can complete my mission, if you're in the way of my mission, then I'll kill you. But if you're not, there's no reason to kill you. So did, and did that's, you, that's why he didn't kill him. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Did you ever did you read Infinity Watch? Uh, I read parts of it. I didn't read it to the whole thing, but I got the whole concept of it. Adam Warlock, and he gave the gems to blah, blah, blah to other people. Yeah. See, one of the reasons I I kind of felt like that kind of uh, maybe was similar to the comics was because, like, Thanos was always – he's always devious, but he always had sort of a respect for Warlock. Even though he would kill Warlock if he needed to to fulfill what he needed to do, he still had a respect for him. And actually in Infinity Watch – Warlock actually gave him one of the stones back to protect him. He's always had that sort of quality that while he's like one of the baddest villains in the Marvel Universe, there is a little bit of reason there with him. If you can get him focused on the right thing, he's not just a yeah. maniac doing things for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like that with Tony Stark. You remember when he yeah. when he stabbed him and, and, and the Doctor Strange kind of made a deal with him to bring Tony back? And, but before then, he told him he was like, I basically I admire you, you yeah. know, like you, I respect you as a warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that respect for him on a battlefield. 
But my other point was, you remember he would go into battle and he and he would tell people he was about to harm. He, he would say, didn't he make comments a few times in the movie? Like, I know what it's like to lose someone you love. You <laughs> right. know, I know what it's like to go through this. I'm like, what? Which is a like, weird thing to say to somebody when you're the one causing it. But exactly. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I was 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 that a, like a him like speaking from like a godlike perspective like well see that that's another thing i'm thinking that there's a lot more to stand Thanos story we don't know because mm-hmm. he was saying a lot of stuff that made you think that he is made like he was making references to other stuff we haven't seen on the on the screen before like when he was saying uh what was that one thing he said um like oh, when he was talking Gamora on the Soul Stone, you know, when Red Skull stuff like that, he was saying, "I failed. I I didn't do what I was supposed to do the first time. I'm yeah. not going to let it happen again." When mm-hmm. we make you think like, okay, what is the first time he's talking about? Right. Or even when he was talking to Stark and he was like, and he said, "Stark," and you like, you know me? You're like, I'm. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. So yeah. Thanos knows something. Th- there's something that put Thanos on his path, but we don't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah, Andy, and it was it was interesting to see him show emotion before shedding you know, a tear. Mm-hmm. Because Gamora thought she had him. She was like, "You're incapable of you know you you won't get this stone because you don't love anybody, right? You don't love anybody because that's when the Red Skull said, you know, you got to trade a soul for a soul. Yeah, right. You know." And then she's like, I got you. She was confident, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's when he turned around and shed a tear. And that's when he made that comment you just said, like, you know, I'm not going to miss my opportunity again on this. And he killed her. Right. So. So so there was one there was one thing I, I didn't like about Thanos that. You had mentioned you had mentioned death and how they uh, sort of changed it because in Infinity Gauntlet, his whole motivation was to please death, who he had fallen in love with, and that's why right. he wanted to kill so many people, which they didn't do in this movie, and a lot of people thought they were going to, but they never really explained his motivation. Like he kept saying, "Okay, he wanted to balance the universe," and right. like he used uh, Gamora's planet as an example, where he killed half the people. And now they sort of uh, the the kids grew up, and now they're more prosperous than they were before. But I was like, that doesn't make. There's no logic to that. It's like just because you reduce the population doesn't mean they're going to reproduce into something more efficient. You know what I mean? So I never well, really it's, it's understood his logic. Control. You can, you can make the argument for population control. You know, I mean, it's kind of uh, you know people don't usually put that with humans or people. But, you know, with animals, you know, that are overcrowding the population, things like that, you know, deer. Deer. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a messed up analogy to make, but you can almost make it naturally. Now, as far as that, I do feel like there is more to the story we're not getting as far as Thanos motivation. Hmm. But population control, that's the closest I can I can come to it. So Yeah. And they never really specifically said that. He, 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 I, 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 yeah. See, that's, that was the thing. Like, in Infinity Gauntlet, it was clear what his motivation was. He was just, like, stir-crazy for death, okay? And he had the power to destroy, and he's not one that was going to – you but, know, he could do let, that without let me remorse. Ask you this. Right, but let me ask you this. Do you think that Thanos or that incarnation of Thanos would translate to the live screen? No, and I was actually no. thinking about that exact thing. If, they, if he would have been sort of aloof in the movie because he was – 
head over heels for somebody, it wouldn't have right. been the same. He needed to be because like we a we've alpha seen male. this before. We've seen this before in a live action comic book movie before. Wait, wait, the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, think about uh-huh. it. Okay, you see Bane beating the hell out of uh, Batman, and everybody through the first two thirds of the movie, like, oh man, Bane is a badass. Bane can beat anybody's ass. And then the moment we find out that he's lovesick for Talia, he turns into you know just the biggest simp in the world, and you you don't even respect uh, Bane anymore. So if they would have did Thanos the same way, it almost yeah they would have turned him into Bane too. So it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. It's a tired trope. It's overused. Yeah. 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 If they did that, it would have been a sorry movie because you could predict everything that's happening. It would just been a boring movie. Well, he also right. he also would not have been the, the big bad in the movie. It would have been somebody else ultimately pulling the strings. Exactly. So. Huh. Um, I wanted yeah. to ask uh, specifically, like we talked on the Ragnarok review a lot about the comedy. So I want to get yep. you guys' opinion about the comedy in this. Um, Done much better than Thor yes. Ragnarok. Huh. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kept I done, kept making those comparisons a, while I watched yeah. this. Yeah, because the thing was the the and and maybe I have a different opinion than last time we talked about Thor Ragnarok, but just thinking about the movie we were going, I was like, the comedy destroyed the tone of that movie. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that movie was about the biblical end of days in Norse mythology, and it was a road trip screwball comedy. Right. That's not how you tell that story. This story, on the other hand, was told correctly, and but at the same time, it had comedy, but it was natural comedy, and they knew when yeah. not to go to the comedy. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't forced. Thor Ragnarok from the first scene seemed like forced comedy. You know, in this this movie, you actually had the plot kind of develop. And then when the Guardians of the Galaxy came on or even like Thor, you had a little bit of comedy. Yeah, it, it just wasn't forced. It was it, they it was it was a home run on the comedy on this movie. Just an absolute home run. Yeah, we're, we're all on the same page then, because I, I really liked how the the comical characters like Star Lord and Drax and Spidey, like they still got all their jokes in, and like they, he didn't, they didn't take them out of character. They were still very much in their funny character, mm-hmm. uh, but like Thanos was never joking around, and the Black right, Order, he wasn't Ultron, no, and he was. I mean, even Hela. I mean, mm-hmm. there was parts in that scene at the end where they were fighting her, where they started cracking jokes, uh, which I felt like diminished from her character a little bit. Um, right. Yeah. But, but in this, even like the funny characters didn't compromise like the intense scenes. You know what I mean? And, and like, I, when it I, got I serious, always, it got serious for everybody. Exactly. Now, I was always wondering how would those characters interact because I had an issue that I felt like too many of the lead characters in these Marvel movies, they all acted too much like Tony Stark because they know Tony Stark worked, do that like Tony Stark. Like Star Lord kind of acted a bit like too much like Tony Stark. Uh, Doctor in, Strange acted like Tony in Stark. This movie? Even Thor turned into Tony Stark by the time Ragnarok came in. Oh. But they, I felt like they tweaked it just enough where when they interact with each other, you could tell the different personalities. Hmm. So that's that's my opinion from that one because I think uh like Doctor Strange finally called after twenty movies, somebody finally called Tony Stark a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it took that long for that to happen. You know. Yeah. Well, or, you know, it's um, it's I, I'm sure it has to be tough for like the Russos because you're you're bringing in like the Guardians of the Galaxy, who James Gunn is the one that's defined their personalities and who they are. So to do this movie, pull those characters in and maintain that and not right. sort of like repaint that in your own way, 
in your own style or whatever has to be a tough goal. And it really kind of makes you shine in their personalities also because, like I said, when Star-Lord and Thor come on screen, because I did feel like they turned Thor into Star-Lord into Thor Ragnarok. But in this yeah. movie, just watching them on screen together, their relationship complete made complete perfect sense right. because Thor became the alpha male when he was in the room because he's Thor. And Star Lord immediately felt insecure because at, at the end of the day he's a man child. Yeah, that was so. A, that was a funny scene though. Too. It was a funny scene. It made perfect sense with the yeah. way they would interact. So yeah, and I, Star I Lord that. was jealous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that scene where he's, yeah. where he's mimicking where he's mimicking his accent. Right. <laughs> I was glad, and they milked it too, man. They didn't just do it once, and they he, he mimicked him for a while, and it, it it was funny the whole time. Right. Oh, you know Thor? Yeah, some tall guy, not too good looking. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, even when they got him out of space, I mean, they they immediately went to it. They played that jealousy card because he said, "No, right here is a man. That's a man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then when he went when Thor called. Uh, uh, Rocket Raccoon a Rabbit the whole time. Right. <laughs> oh, just bust out laughing. I like how he, like, uh, the Russos to sort of maintain consistency. I don't know if you noticed this, but when the first scene where we see the Guardians, uh, they show, they cut to space, and you know the Guardians are coming because they start playing that 80s music that is the soundtrack right. in every Guardians movie so far. I like the way he did that to sort of uh, get, oh, they know, did bring that back every... the same feel. Yeah, they did that with every major character. They did that when Captain America showed up. They started playing the Avengers theme. When they went to Wakanda, they played the Black yeah. Panther theme. So right. they let you know, you know, what area you're going to. And it made all these different franchises feel like one movie. So, right. yeah, I, that was a brilliant job with that. And that was good because a lot of these movies, in hindsight, like once it's over, we're always looking for how is this going to tie into everything. And then a lot of times it doesn't tie in like at all. And we're kind of disappointed or we're trying to make weird connections or weird predictions based on something that had no consistency at all but this they they really nailed bringing everything together yeah and speaking on that didn't i felt it, it made me feel really good to see all these characters that we've seen over the past 10 years kind of not rebooted but kind of refreshed got a new paint job maybe mm-hmm. you know like captain america with you know, it was refreshing to see how they portrayed him with with the nomad. black outfit on. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's nomad now. Yeah, yeah. Thor. They never called him nomad. I was no. mad they never called him that. You know, you were glad they didn't. No, I'm, I'm mad they did. Oh, mad they didn't. I wanted to hear just a name drop just one time. You know, you're a nomad, Cap. You know, like uh, <laughs> Thunderbolt Ross. I was hoping he'd say it one time. You yeah, know? they didn't really play up. They didn't really explain that too much. He just, you know, had a different look, and he sort of uh, exiled. To some yeah. degree, and well, uh, let me ask you guys: Did you guys read the prequel comics? The prequel, no. the prequel comics to what? Uh, Infinity War. To the movie? Yeah. I didn't know there were prequel comics. Yeah, they were. They had a little setup, and they kind of set up stuff like that. Basically, it was saying like, uh, Cap, Black Widow, and Falcon basically were going all around the world, still doing like undercover secret. Media. They basically became the Secret Avengers. You know, okay. still going around the world, you know, stopping crimes and stuff like that, but they stayed under the radar so nobody knew who they were. But they yeah. never went back to America, just everywhere else, you know. Huh. And they were basically seeking refuge at every any place that was except them, not just Wakanda. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, but it was neat. Like even Iron Man's, uh, what kind of was it? A nanotech? What, what was his new suit? <laughs> yeah, he said they, they kept calling it the Bleeding Edge. You know, well at least the fans called it the Bleeding Edge. I don't know if that was the 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 one or not, but yeah, it was an awesome suit. So. Yeah, he yeah. always he always has some new tech in every movie he's in. And but it, it and I also like it that they kind of explain it because he's basically been haunted by these memories for the last six years. I was thinking mm-hmm. like maybe Thanos been planting the memories, but nah, he's just been he's just been having PTSD. You know, <laughs> right? It, it right. makes complete sense that when he went into space and he saw that army that has been haunting him for the last six years, and that's why he keeps rebuilding these suits and making suits. He's been waiting for this moment, this exact moment for Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But it, it looked fluid. It, it wasn't this clunky steel robotic suit it, it just fit his body but he had all these new gadgets in him you know like the shields and i don't know what initially what was those vertical things that shot out his back that that shot at thanos it was it was really it was a smooth visually appealing suit more you know so it, than what we normally saw you know what it reminded me of i kept thinking What's that? I kept thinking of Bloodshot, except instead of like internal, it's like external nanites. Because whenever it got like, whenever it got broken or whatever, the the nanotech would just automatically heal back up and reform itself, just like how Bloodshot does. Like you shoot him, and then he just the nanites. It, it does kind of make you wonder: Does that technology and what kind of technology have any reference with each other? Because it's just weird that they both were able to start getting nanite technology at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they go to the same websites. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember that in the comics. Well, like that, they that, said that's the bleeding edge arm or whatever like that. Cause right. you know, he had it where he could just come out of him or something. I don't know. It was, it was weird. Well, what's the chance like they took it from Valiant? Because that's always a thing in Valiant. Isn't Maybe it? they did. Yeah. Maybe they did. Cause they didn't start doing that, that stuff in, in the Iron Man comics like around like two thousands. Like around uh, around the extreme extremist arc when he started doing it, hmm. it was almost like a nanite uh, exo armor kind uh, yeah. of. But it, right. you know, it was just like a uniform he wore. But it had all those gadgets in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, they they very well may have. I mean, like I said, there's really no original ideas left in comics. They just kind of either take a character, or take an idea, take a story. You know, who knows? Yeah. What did you guys think about? I want to ask you guys about the action because um, I, in Civil War, one of my favorite parts of Civil War was that the big the big fight scene, not at the end, but in the middle of the movie where they finally got all the heroes together and Spider Man showed up and they're all fighting and sort of playing off of each other's superpowers. And it seemed I, I heard a lot of people say they didn't like that scene, like they thought. Oh, it that was, scene was awesome. I don't I, know what they those guys were talking. I about. I thought it was too, but I've heard a lot of people say they thought it was too. I guess silly or whatever. So I was wondering about that because this movie, it was a lot more intense than Civil War was, but it had a, I mean, all the action scenes were like multiple heroes and villains playing I, off I of guess each other's they were, powers. I, I guess people were mad at the Civil War airport scene because they weren't out to kill each other and stuff. I'm like, why, why would they be out to kill each other? Like, <laughs> Tony's trying to stop him from doing something stupid. He's not out there to kill him or arrest him or anything like that. Right. But yeah, Infinity War, the, the, the scenes were more intense because more was at stake. And the action scenes to me in this movie were insane. Yes. Some of that stuff came right out of anime. Yeah. Like throwing the moon, that reminded me of something out of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> and even when Doctor Strange turned to like the million shadow clones, stuff like that, I'm like, is that mm-hmm. Naruto? <laughs> you know? 
and Spider mm-hmm. Spider Man jumping through his little portals to surprise right. Thanos as he as he fought him. Stuff right. like and that. I thought Lord cool. gave the middle finger before he left. You know, <laughs> boom. Yeah. yeah. I love you guys stuff. know. You guys, you ever you ever think about this? Like, even the secondary villains were really strong in this movie. Uh, yeah, I was I was just about to talk about that. The Black Order. I loved Maul. Yeah, yeah, especially Ebony Maul. Yeah, he he stole the show I whenever he came on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially when he showed up. Uh, you are all here to die. Be thankful <laughs> to die for the glory of Thanos. Like, who is this guy? I, I, I started. I, I didn't even be him. Like, who was the actor playing this guy? Because he was like still in the movie every time he came in. Yeah, you know? and he. And, but and, he he said it. He, his voice was one like, oh, like this guy's going to be a pushover. But then nobody yeah. could lay a finger on him. Like he just right. things would fly at him, and he just rip him in half with like no effort. Yeah, because it, yeah. it was almost like a magic battle between him and, and Dr. Strange and Wong. Like, they were out trying to yeah. out-magic. Like, like the four scene with Yoda and Palpatine. That's what it kind of reminded me of, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was kind of upset when he when he died. Because I, I wanted to see more of him. Yeah, I was upset. I was like, oh, man, they killed Ebony Maw. <laughs> <laughs> like, the rest of them, I didn't care they died. But him, right. I got upset when The rest died. were expendable. Right. Well, they, 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 yeah. they, you know, so they spent a ton of time developing Thanos and then after Thanos, Ebony Maul was the one they introduced you to the most. The rest were just sort of like, I mean, you didn't really even get an opportunity yeah. to know what they were. They were just henchmen and just kind yeah. of showed up, you know. Yeah, they were the muscle. Yeah. But the one guy, he, he like, I agree with you, Jack. He had like a voice. They, they introduced him like he was like a, a religious figure or a peon or right. both. Yeah. But then when he when he got to Earth, man, whew. he his he reminded me not his the way he fought, but his voice and everything reminded me of Mephisto in uh in Infinity Gauntlet, where yeah, just like manipulative, yeah, yeah, and and you knew he if you know you knew he wasn't that formidable of a villain, mm-hmm. but that's what Evan and Maul seemed to me, except he was very formidable formidable when they actually started fighting. So, yeah, so they did the Black Order great. That's, that's the thing. So they not only had Thanos a great villain, but they had just the, the henchmen just great villains also. Well, at least Ebony Maw, you know. But at least the other ones, they they looked comic accurate. When I saw them, I was like, oh, that's Proxima Midnight. Oh, that's Black Dwarf. You know, so I easily recognized them, and that was fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so at the very beginning of the movie, something that struck me was Loki and Thor. Mm-hmm. Did, did you see when 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 Thanos was was just just kicking Thor's ass and then he was basically using him as a tool like hey I'm gonna kill your brother you don't do what I say and Loki was like kill him I've been trying to get rid of this for a while excuse my right. language I'm sorry <laughs> but then when Thanos it's not open bar. I'm sorry late at night sorry late at night but then when when Thanos was like yeah I'm about to kill this guy and you could just see the the emotional pull in Loki it was like I hate my brother like a competition hate like I hate him yeah. I hate him because we're not blood brothers but then then he had that that is my brother like yeah they you they, know, they always I, say they hate each other but they never really do you know yeah it's the classic like i can kill him but you can't kill him like that's the exact that's right. just, what i was thinking yeah 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 and i thought that was really good i thought that was they, they and it was early in the movie and i'm like damn but then then loki tried to pull the old i got the knife behind my hand trick and i'm gonna kill the baddest 
Titan. <laughs> I'm the man Honestly, Titan. I'm I think you. I think I think Loki did that because I think he knows no matter what was going to happen, he wasn't to make it out of there. So he wanted You're to right. do something noble before he died. Basically, or just was just last ditch effort because he knew Thanos was not going to let him walk out of there. I got something else, guys. In that movie, Doctor Strange and Loki both said something like they had peered into the future, right? And it kind of knew how this had to play out in order for them to eventually win. Hmm. I think, and Loki had made a comment, and I think they kind of fleshed it out more with Doctor Strange when he said, you know, he had looked at was like forty eight million or so, how many million different possibilities that this would play out, and only one, there was only one scenario where they right. won. I, I think was thinking that one it. scenario, Thanos must have uh, got the the time gem. Otherwise yeah, he they, that himself. was the scenario when he gave him the time gym. That was right. the only. Mm-hmm. I, 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 what did now? Did he say that for them to win or for them not to die? Probably not to die or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. I have to watch it. Again. I, I, can't, I thought I he said, "How many did we win?" And he said, "One." One. Okay. Well, if you say I win, thought, it's different. I might but I'm, I'm thinking. But I'm thinking that the situation where he gave the time stone that was the only situation. So that's why right. he did it. Right, because he he saw the outcome like there's no way to win this. Right, and didn't he say something like this is how it has to be or something? Yeah, exactly. Or like this is the end game or something like that. Because I, yeah. I think maybe he was maybe he was counting on Cap's team to you know to stop him. You know, but maybe Avengers Four is what he saw. That could be too. Yeah, but he's he's well, the, he's yeah, already it's... seen Avengers Four, so that's what he did. <laughs> yeah, that's but what see, was... but there's some other issues. Okay. I don't think a lot of people saw this at the end, like when Thanos snapped his fingers, the Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet was destroyed. Pretty much. The, yeah. The gauntlet so, was, but not the gems. I think so. I think they're all were gone. No, the gems well, were the all. the gems look good. Yeah, the gems yeah. look good, but the gauntlet, the glove was like all banged. Melted. Yeah, melted. That's what I was wondering. Like, did he destroy, like, did he use so much power to destroy the gems at the end of it? Because basically makes it seem like, like what, what he just did, it can't be undone, you know? Yeah. I don't think I don't think that I think the gems were fine. Hmm. Okay. But I mean, you know, Star Lord almost died just touching the Power Stone the first time we were introduced to it. So it's not like anybody can just pick these things up and start reversing stuff. Right. The Gauntlet but was specially designed to. The Gauntlet was specially designed to wield them together. So. But didn't Thor make a comment before he snapped his fingers? He said, "What have you done?" Right. You know, I think I, that was his comment. Yeah, his comment was wiping out half the universe. Right. He said you should have hit me in the head. Yeah, you should have took a headshot, something yeah, like that. so he would have died instantly. Right. So. Now, speaking of that, now, I'm, I'm known to fall asleep in these movies because these damn... <laughs> How many times did you shares. see Black Panther because you kept falling asleep? I think it three times. Pay, I paid three times to see it just to watch the whole thing through. Because <laughs> uh, he, he kept going at like 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, it was rough. But, okay, I think I dozed at the at scene I really wanted was when, um, where did Thor go and, and, and Rocket Raccoon? Am I saying yeah, the right they, they went to the, to the, the to trolls, nowhere. not the trolls, the dwarfs. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. To the dwarves place where they made the original uh, hammer, Mjolnir. Like Lord of the Rings. It, it reminded me of like Lord of the Rings. Right. That's 
basically what it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, really think about it. Yeah. And uh, so they and said, the, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was saying because that's what he did. They said the uh, and like in the first Thor movie, like it, it, his hammer was formed in the middle of a dying star by you know about the rock trolls or whatever they were, you know. So that's like they just, just did the same thing again. Yeah, where Peter <laughs> Peter Ginklage was there. What did y'all think about his character? Oh, his character he was, was tall. tall. He was that he was, was weird. Tall. <laughs> I like how they did that though. He still looked like a dwarf, but he was huge. Right, but he was just huge, right. So Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, uh, you know, was it Leroy, was it you that thought it was gonna be Pip? I did think it was gonna be Pip. I was like, I, okay, if it's obviously Pip's a troll gonna be it, because that would just make sense. But I, at I the thought same it time, was too, but I kept then I kept hearing as it got close to the movie, I kept hearing dwarf. And I'm like, well, Pip's a troll, not a dwarf. But up, right. up until that, I just assumed he would be Pip. Because the thing is, Peter Dinklage already said that he was not going to play, like, in his in his movie career period, he wasn't going to play a role designed for a little person. He said that? He said that, yeah. He he said he's not going to play uh, take a role. Now, he may have done that, you know, when he first got started in Hollywood, but he said at the point he's at now, he's going to take a role designed for a little person. He wants to go against typecast, like when he played Ball of a Trask and X-Men and, you know, things like that. So. What? Is that why they made him so big? <laughs> I, mean, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you think? I think so. I, I think they had him. I think it was going to be him, or I don't know. It, the role wow. just made sense. I guess. Yeah. Now so I want to know why that why they did that. So what was different with this hammer? Because I think when I kind of dozed, I remember when he had the form for the the axe. He kind of explained it, right? Because it, it wasn't. Thor's regular axe. This was something different, and it was bad to me when I woke up and saw it. This was this was Stormbreaker, it. which is uh, oh man, what's the Beta character? Ray Bills. Yeah, Beta Beta Ray, Ray Bills. Bills which no, I but think... the thing is, it doesn't look like Stormbreaker. It looks like the Mjolnir from the Ultimate Universe because mm -hmm. that's the exact hammer from the Ultimate Universe. Which Stormbreaker? Is Stormbreaker isn't. It's like the second most power, like next to Mjolnir. I think it's like the second most powerful weapon. Yeah, or something like they were like both that. made in the same place and. And yeah, because Bill is able to lift Monia also, so Odin just gave him a hammer also, so they can go around and you know kick ass right. together. Stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, Dwan, I know you fell asleep. You you did see that the hand the handle of the hammer is Groot's arm. No, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, the uh, handle is Groot's arm. You so. missed that. They couldn't. So they it was like time sensitive, and uh -huh. and uh, he couldn't find the handle. And if they didn't get it to Thor, like, immediately, he was going to die. So so Groot went over there and sacrificed his arm in order to make a handle. <laughs> I love how they play Groot in this movie. Oh, my goodness. He's like a teenager, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> the opening scene with, when they met him, he was playing that old, uh, what was it, uh, Aliens game or something? Right. right. And then yeah. he made that, like, Childish comment like I'm Groot, and they was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like were treating him like a thirteen year old, so I thought that was kind of cool too. I wonder how James Gunn feels about them because that that was uh they plugged that in the trailer. I mean, in the post credit scene of Guardians too. Yeah, so the well, they, they just... said the they said the Russos consulted with all the guys, you know, on yeah. how the characters should act while they made the movie. Yeah, but I wonder if James Gunn was like that was his going to be his you know stick for Guardians three. And now they just took it. So he that's true really, too. It's kind of makes you wonder really what. Now. Yeah, it's like what can, where direction can he go with the Guardians three now? You know, I think I might have heard is, that they it's let him set. Yeah, 
Go ahead. I was just saying, because, like, with James Gunn, it was pretty much open season for him for, for one in volume two. Like, he could really much right. do anything he wanted to do. Yeah. Because whatever he did really didn't affect the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So. Now it's – now that's – well, he, he plugged Adam Warlock, which – so yeah. I, I read that Warlock was – they were going, they were thinking about putting him in Infinity War, and the reason they didn't was because they started to write the script, and they were like – they didn't feel like – they felt like he needed an intro. He needed a, a sort of an origin movie before mm-hmm. they could throw him in something big like this. So that's why they wrote him out. Yeah, um, and, and and because there's already too many characters anyway. Right. And it almost makes Thanos seem like an analogy for the Marvel universe. The Marvel universe itself is getting too big, too cluttered, too crowded. <laughs> so Thanos <laughs> has to come and thin balance it. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me it, ask Thanos you that. The hero, you know. Let me ask you that because uh, me and somebody, one person in particular, have had this conversation that he 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 already deemed that Infinity War would be sort of a failure because it had so many characters in it, and he was like, he already said it's not going to be good. It um, could have easily went that way. I mean, well, that's what I wanted. I was curious. Did you guys feel like there was too many characters? Nope. I mean, yes. if, you, if 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 you, if you don't know it, like if I ask my wife, that's what I want. She probably, probably say, "Who is this? What I want to know who that is." Blah 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 blah. But the pacing and the action just you forget about it real quick, like because the story just kept. It was like a boulder going down a hill. The story just kept going and kept going and kept going. And you're just like, "What's next? What's next? What's next?" So. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, I didn't. It didn't affect me one bit. But every time they showed somebody, it's like I already knew who, who it, that was. It did for me. It did for me. It bothered I did. You? I, if, if I was to make one criticism of this movie, I did think it was just too many characters hmm. because I think they were trying to, you know, give everybody their just due and trying to give everybody a moment and cutting from scene to scene. And then at the same time, not only were they introducing, you know, reintroducing the characters, they're introducing new elements you haven't seen before. It's, it's three other planets we've never seen before that they threw in here. Yeah. So yeah. I did feel like New it worlds. was just a, a little overcrowded. The movie was super, super fast. But it's like you, you had to catch your breath at the credits because the movie <laughs> you know, flew past so fast. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't let up either. Right. And, right. and I just think that just jumping from character to character to character – it, it, it kind of hard for me to get emotionally invested in each character because the moment I did in each scene, like when Thor was running around with Rocket, then they cut to Captain America running around with Scarlet Witch and Vision. Then they cut back to Tony Stark. Then they cut back to Thanos. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying if there was one criticism, that would be the criticism for me right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. Like on the planets, they had to actually – bring the name up of the planets on the screen. They wrote them out so you right. knew where they were at. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said, we know this stuff. Now, imagine somebody that don't know this stuff or kind of halfway paid attention to half of these movies. You know, And you really would need like a spreadsheet to go to these movies. Like, okay, who is this guy again? What, what? <laughs> like, the funniest thing mm-hmm. to me when Spider-Man was saving the Guardians, he's like, I don't know you guys' names. There's too many of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sums up the movie right there. The only time... The only time it ever that sort of thing ever popped in my mind was when they were fighting in Wakanda with and Rocket showed up and he was all of a sudden like nobody had a chance to stop and say, Hey, why am I fighting with a raccoon? You know what I mean? Because it was like it was too busy. You had right. no time. You know? Right. 
You know, I was thinking about when I was watching it. I want to actually take my wife to see this because I'm curious if she'll have if she'll struggle with that or not because she doesn't really she hasn't seen all the movies. She's just seen a couple and, of them. And that's what I'm wondering. How would a non comic book fan react to yeah. this movie? Because there is a high this is a high entry level to getting to this movie. To understand it. This isn't this isn't this isn't like Black Panther right. where you cannot watch any of these movies and just walk into it. This is you this, have to know this stuff. This has ten ten years of prequels leading up to it. Right. And even then you need to have some comic knowledge of this stuff to get a good grasp of this. Not even just movie, but comic knowledge and all this stuff to you know, to understand this stuff, you know, to understand these characters relationship, because like with Scarlet Witch and Vision, yes, you can know the movies, but you don't know their real relationship unless you understand that they have relationship in the comics. Because yeah. from Civil War to this, it could be a big jump. Like, how the fuck is well, I mean, sorry, Dominic Curtis. <laughs> how is Vision human? Yeah. <laughs> no. So on the flip side of it, like because I was thinking about Justice League while I watched this and one one place I where I'm trying not to I'm trying not to go there, but go ahead. I go there. I don't mean to. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. First, I, I'll say this, and I've said it on here, that I, I enjoyed Justice League. I just thought it was, you know, too, it, it was it was, it was, was too late. It should have come. If it came before Avengers, I think it would have been an awesome movie. But what I was thinking about when I watched Infinity War was where I think it sort of struggled a little bit, Justice League, was that it had to introduce a bunch of new characters just to get to the story. So Justice League spent a lot of time. A lot of the movie was devoted to, you know, introducing Aquaman and introducing Flash and Cyborg and sort of telling a little bit of story for them, which was which, you know, was fun at times, but because of that, you never really had time to develop a character like Steppenwolf. Whereas in Infinity War, you had a zillion heroes, but like you already knew them. So when they made appearances, you know, you already knew what they were about, and that opened up a lot of screen time for Thanos and Infinity Stones to sort of develop. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's what I was wondering, because like like you were saying and your friend was saying that this movie could have went off the rails with so many characters. I would think like it could have went Justice League. Like Justice League had five characters and struggled to, you know, make them cohesive and give them enough screen time and give them the personality. This is 23 characters on the poster, not counting everybody else that's popping up right. all over the place. So the fact that the Russo was able to pull that off, that's mm-hmm. insane. That's amazing. That's a that's a feat unto itself. Yeah. yeah. And none of the characters seemed like they were throwaways, did they? Like they were just there to just drag just see drag. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and like completely uh, wasted in this movie. Who? Drax. You thought he was wasted? Completely wasted. Hmm. Uh, Served no purpose in his movie. He was there <laughs> to make jokes. jokes that's what he is. That's usually his role, though. Yeah, but <laughs> but Drax. Remember, this is Infinity Gauntlet. This is Drax. His one job is to kill Thanos. Thanos. He has one job. Yeah, but they never, they haven't developed that. So maybe that's what we're talking about there. They didn't have time to develop like that sort of back history with Thanos. Right. That's the thing. Not every character get it. Honestly, T'Challa got kind of sidelined. You know, yeah. I understand he was in the movie, and I understand the movie. Sure. You know, was a lot of stuff going there. But yeah, yeah, I would, I would have liked to see more of him in there. But I understand why he, we didn't see as much in him. But. Like I said, it's it's a lot of characters, a lot yeah. of balancing you have to do. But. See, I think, and now that we're talking about it this way, like T'Challa is, he's like a very, very retrospective character. Mm-hmm. So throwing him in there briefly doesn't really do him justice because I feel like he's kind of needs a lot of screen time to sort of develop slowly. 
where some right. of these other characters like Star Lord or Rocket or somebody you can throw in any scene, you know, crack a joke and do some you know crazy thing and it's fine. Right. Uh, T'Challa needs see, more depth to make. Yeah, a good because I, I wanted story. to see how like the Thanos invasion would have ramifications for what Wakanda did at the end of Black Panther. For instance, they were an isolated, isolated country. Nobody visited. Nobody knew about them. They were not concerned with the rest of the world. But the child said he wanted to change the policy and open his borders to the rest of the world, which means if Captain America calls for help, he will help him. If this was his dad, he would have gave him the middle finger and said, screw you. I'm not helping you at all. Fight Thanos. That's your problem. You know, mm-hmm. so having a Wakanda, having Thanos attack Wakanda, that's falsely that falls on the shoulders of T'Challa, you know. Yeah. But they didn't get a chance to explore that because, like I said, it was so many characters you don't have time to really, you know, deep dive into that. You know, all you yeah. can do is just give little hints about this and stuff, and you just move on to the next character. Yeah, yeah. And it was later in the movie too when you got there. You know, there was so much of the movie that already took place before you got to that final fight scene. That it was just there. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you had to rely on what you saw on Black Panther, basically, like me as a. You know, I'm not in depth to the Marvel Universe like you two are, but it was just like, okay, I'm relying on what I knew from Black Panther to kind of fill in the gaps on that Mm. that big fight scene at the end. So let me ask you guys a question. Like I said, this is the third movie, right? Technically, it's the third movie of the Avengers, right? Yep. Do you think these three movies work completely and solely 100% as a trilogy? Uh, No. uh, uh, I don't. I mean... No, I. This to me is a culmination of everything we've seen so far. Like I, I it could you be, can it could, say they, that, but they could say I, MCU Infinity War. I don't even think it needs the title Avengers in it. It was a Thanos. This was a Thanos versus the MCU. Yeah, technically, I'm calling the Guardians honorary Avengers. So, yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, we got, we, we got 20 MCU movies. Let's let's be honest. A lot of these movies are filler. Like Iron Man 2 and 3, they're filler movies. Ant-Man was a filler movie. Thor Dark World was a filler movie. You know, some of these movies you can just toss aside and kind of streamline. Just only you need to watch this movie, that movie, that movie, and then you're fine. You know, so that's why I'm wondering, can you just watch Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Infinity War and get Mm. everything you need? I don't, well, I think you need to watch the number ones. I don't think you do. Like, you mean phase one? I don't think think you you need to watch like Guardians 1. For example, okay, okay, and Captain I America one, I don't Iron think Man do. one, I don't think you do. I, I, this is why this is why I say that because when Josh Wheaton made the first Avengers movie, he specifically made the movie. So if you never seen any of those movies before and this is your first time watching an MCU movie, you will be completely caught up. Mm-hmm. They spend time recapping every single thing about those characters so you know everything about them before you go into there. So you can watch Avengers as a standalone movie and you'll know everything you need to know. As a matter of fact, a lot of people did. Yeah. Avengers made what, $1.5 billion? That's almost like all of the first movies put together. Well, that the I mean, you need to see Black Panther, I think, because the, the whole second half of the movie was do. in Wakanda. I don't think you do. I love Black Panther. I think I it, really I think it but it helps. But it helps. I don't think it would. <laughs> you don't think, think it helps at all to know where I don't think where it, this place I, is and no, I don't think it does. Around. I I think you could have skipped Black Panther. I think you could have watched Civil War, skip Black Panther, and go right to Infinity War and be completely fine with everything. 
you could probably figure it out, but the whole reason in being in Wakanda was because it was the most fortified place on Earth. And you, you learned already that Wakanda, by it, watching the Black Panther movie. No, you learned it by watching Civil War. They were already in Wakanda in okay. Civil War. So you can skip Black Panther and just go to Infinity War. Yeah, it still helps. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, but especially the technology, like when Captain America got the new shields and stuff, the new vibranium shields. It would help, but I'm 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 starting to lean to what you're saying. Like, it gives you some backstory, but is it necessary? Like, right. if you if you just strip down all the excess, and what what are the key movies you need to watch in order to find follow the timeline of would take you to Infinity War? That's interesting. That's a, I have to think about that. Everybody saw Black Panther anyway, so yeah, yeah everybody <laughs> saw Black Panther. Yeah, I'm, I'm just making a point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I got a question. Is Gamora going to be in Guardians 3? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. The movie doesn't work without her. It's, it's, she's, a, she's like the heart of the group. You take out the heart, you really don't have a group. She, so, yeah, she'll be back. But how? But did she die? Did she really die? Well, I got a theory, but I'm curious if your theory is the same as mine. She's in the Soul Stone? Yeah. That was what I was that, thinking. That, I, I didn't think it. That's not my theory. I heard that from somewhere. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking, because that's what happens in the comics. It's, I mean, they, it, the stone actually has a world inside of it. And yeah, that's because Adam Warlock put her into it. it. Yeah, because that, and, and like in the uh, early Jim Starlin comics, like Thanos, like, kills her. Yeah. But he he doesn't kill her. He, like, mortally wounds her. So Adam Warlock brings her steals there. her soul. Yeah, he brings her to the Soul Stone, you know, to kind of, like, save her. Yeah. So yeah, so she was in the Soul Stone the whole time. So that's what I that's what I'm wondering. Maybe Thanos doesn't understand the stone that much, and maybe she's not really dead. The Soul Stone, the and, sacrifice was actually putting her. Or in Soul maybe World. that's what we were seeing at the end. Of, that maybe that was the last scene. Oh, mm. when he was sort of a. Uh, when he was. He was in the Soul Stone talking to Gamora. She was there talking to him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Name. You're right. That's right. Because he said he said a stone for he said a soul for a soul. Right. So basically, maybe you know, maybe it was like a layaway or something, or not a layaway. It's a bad analogy. Like a deposit. Like mm-hmm. you know, you say you, you give us her soul, uh-huh. not her lot, not her life, just her soul, and you get the stone. You know, if you give the stone back, maybe she gets her soul back and then she's. Or it's she just, just gets a, free from the soul stone or whatever. Yeah, 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 it's like a holder. Like you need something, in, a placeholder here. If you're well, going to take something. Thing, gotta, that's the thing in the comics. You can't get, you can't on your own. Like Gamora wasn't able to get out of the soul stone back into the real world, but Adam was able to. Because he had a special well, connection with the stone, he was able to pull people well, out. Well, what they happened, they, they reincarnated themselves. Right. That's yeah. how that's how they did it. They turned into like regular people, and then they basically put their soul in the body of three other people, like him, Gamora, and Pip. You know, so that's how they did that. So, so guys, a- answer me this. This is my question. They they try to show this kind of sensitive side or this other side of, of Thanos. You know, when when he found Gamora. You know, it was in the middle. I think you said this, um, Jack. You know, he was killing off half the people on that planet, but yet at that same time, he was—he had a soft side to this girl. He felt like sad for her that her family was gonna 
her mother was going to die. He was going to kill her. Like, how does this come in for him to kill all the time? And then he has these momentary pauses where he's just like. Because I think he feels like the good he's do, the ultimate good he's doing that he thinks he's doing is outweighs the you know whatever heartbreak she suffers. Because like he really okay. thought like when when they were fighting. He was seemed like he was really convinced that what he did to, for her and making her the most dangerous woman in the universe, that mm-hmm. was like a, like a good thing to him. He was like, "I saved you, and I made you. I gave you right. something you would not have had otherwise." Like, I think he really believed that, but she never and, understood it. And in his it. mind, he think he saved her planet too. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. But why would he care? Why would he just leave her? Why would he take the responsibility of taking her on as his daughter? I mean, what kind of connection is there? I just I don't get it. It needs to be explained well, the, to me. Yeah, the and the weird part about that is he also took Nebula as well, but he exactly. didn't have well, the same affection for her. Basically, they were saying the entire Black Order. That's what he did. He killed. He called her. him his children. He called him his right. children. Right. Right. Uh huh. But he so seems like he has a special attachment to Gamora. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so what like, makes him do that though? Well, that's it's the thing. Just, in, in Thanos' mind, he's not evil. Right. He think he's doing the right thing. Cause I mean, let's let's think that like, we all heard why he did it. And he said he did them a favor. Why he did it. Because he said the, the the planet was overpopulated. The planet couldn't feed itself. Uh, they were going to eventually run out and starve to death. But he said killing half the planet made enough resources available for everybody. So in his mind, he think he's doing a good thing, killing off half the planet. So. Okay, I understand that. I mean, that's a job. Okay, that's like a task. Your boss tells you to go out and do it. You do it. But while you're doing it, then you you get like you see the suffering that's being caused, and you get moved to the point where you're going to take a child or two and treat them and take them in your own like an orphan, and you know it. And, and, and raise them how he wants to raise them. You know, we disagree with how he raised them. You know, he raised them to be warriors and agents of death. But I it just, I still can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> In his mind, maybe that's his atonement. No. You know, I killed her mother. I'll raise her. You know, to, you know, kind of like, kind of like to justify why he's doing it. I don't know. So. It almost seems like he picks the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Like a chosen, like he's there's something in him that says this is the one. You I, know, this is a chosen one. I I don't know this. So I'm I'm just totally making this up. But if I had to guess, I think he took Gamora the same way he took everybody else, all of his other children, for the sit with the same intention. But for some reason, he grew attached to Gamora, and she never. I mean, they, she he they even had the scene where she said every day she told him that she like hated this place. And she hated her life. He, he said she said that every day. Why didn't he, you know, why didn't he figure out that she was like a lost cause or whatever? For some reason, something about she, her grew on him. I don't think she would. I think she was lying to herself. I think she did care for Thanos. Well, yeah, she cried when she killed him. Yeah, so I think she was, wasn't was admitting to herself that she hated this place. I think she really did like what she was doing. Yeah. And there's and it's probably connect because there's got to be some kind of connection emotionally between her and ex- exactly. There's there's a weird attachment between those two that's unique right. with every other character in this. And movie. I think that's why she's saying uh, that's why she told Star Lord if Thanos gets me, kill me because kill me. she don't right because she knows 
emotionally he has her hand, you know, her hands in her head. You know, he, he's in her head. Yeah. Right. So. Didn't he say that when he got her to tell her tell him where the the soul stone was? Like you didn't he say something like you 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 never were able to lie to me or you you were never able to tell me a lie. Did, You're never you a good liar that? because I didn't teach it, you to lie or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because oh, he man. know he know she knew if he gets eventually she was gonna give the information one way or another. Yeah. So. Yeah, they gotta flesh that one out some more because that's <laughs> that that's deep right there. Yeah. So there's two things I want to we're getting. But it's been about an hour, but there's two things I wanted to bring up before we ended. Uh, one is this trailer, like misdirection that we talked about on Facebook, Leroy. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What's so for the people listening? They the scene where uh, in the trailer it looks like Thanos goes to punch Steve Rogers, and and Steve Rogers catches his the Infinity Gauntlet, and in the trailer he has two gen- two stones. In his gauntlet, right. When they got to that scene in the movie, he had five stones in the gauntlet. So right. they deliberately they, they, edited the trailer so that people would think he had less stone that he wasn't collecting all the stones. They did a lot of stuff like that, like Thanos. I mean, uh, Thor's eye patch, you know, was in some scenes in the trailer, but in the movie he didn't have his eye patch in certain scenes. So. Yeah, it was actually some pretty clever misdirection. And a lot of people saying that Thanos was coming to punch Steve Rogers, they looked at it wrong because there was actually two scenes spliced together. You yeah. know, right, when right, that right, scene right. when Thanos was jumping, he was punching with his right arm, yeah. but uh, Steve Rogers was grabbing his left arm. Yeah, the know, trailers so. had a lot of splicing going on, but that's, but the the stones specifically, they, they edited them out of the trailer. Like somebody right. said... We're not going to show all the stones in this scene, and I and I love that too. Matter of fact, I think I, uh, a lot of leaked scenes from like a couple months ago. They're saying, "Oh, leaked scenes from Avengers 4. You know where they said it's supposed to be time travel and stuff like that. But they're saying all of that was misdirection. Also, they said none of that stuff's they, gonna be. In the they've movie. gotten clever to what goes on because I tell you, you know, a lot of these movies. By the time you see it. You've 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 heard so much and you've seen so many clips of things that it feels like you've seen the whole movie, but this movie was totally un, unexpected. Like I didn't I I mean I didn't know what was happening. I actually right. my predictions were going other a different direction than what actually was happening. So I they, kind of figured out what was going to happen because remember I said that a lot of people arguing about that. I was like, watch the final scene will be in Wakanda. He's going to fight them in in uh. The, now I thought the planet they were fighting. I thought that was Xandar. I didn't know it was Titan, but I I was like, that's going to be the middle part of the scene. He's going to whoop their ass, and then at the final scene, he's going to teleport to Wakanda and fight them. So I already knew that was going to happen right there. I didn't know he was going to get all of the finals. I put it like this: I didn't think Marvel was going to go there. Yeah. That he was actually going to get all the final ones and snap his fingers because that's right from the comics. That's that's from the comics. That's what messed. Mm-hmm. That's what messed me up because I I said okay I saw two stones in that scene with uh, Steve Rogers. So I said if he comes to Earth with two stones and Wakanda is the last scene, that means he can most leave with four. At the most, he could leave with his five, but he can't get the entire Infinity Gauntlet. So that must happen in Avengers four. But they, That's what know, I was thinking. Yeah. But they deliberately misdirected it, so I guess so you didn't know that. Um, 
Especially was, they kept hiding the, the Soul Stone. Everybody's thinking that the Soul Stone was in Wakanda and Thanos yeah. was coming to get there, you know, so. And really, so I thought Avengers 4 would be the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, which I don't think that anymore, but technically it still could be because if you think about Infinity Gauntlet, the story, it starts with uh, uh, Thanos, Thanos snapping his fingers. fingers. That's where exactly. the story starts. Where starts right? This uh-huh. was almost like a prequel to Infinity Gauntlet. Well, right. Well, that was actually Thanos' quest. That was that story when he was going around collecting all the the stones in the comics. Yeah. So. Which in Infinity War, the the Infinity War comic was something completely different. Like I don't even know why they named this Infinity. I mean, I guess I understand why it's they cool. named it. Cool. War. <laughs> right. Nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. <laughs> right. So, they, so, so you guys think the next one is going to be on on the cosmic level, like Infinity Gauntlet was? gotta be it, it, yeah but I'm, I'm i'm still thinking where they're gonna because honestly I, I have to watch the movie again i'm gonna see it again but i think the infinity gun i know the infinity gun was destroyed and i think that gems were destroyed too i don't think I the think gems so. were i think the gems were destroyed because thanos said once that once i do what i need to do i'm i'm done he's you gonna know, rest I, yeah <laughs> well that was the last scene he was sitting down resting right yeah. and he, and, but he was resting with gamora mm-hmm so I think he was. I think I'll, he was in the Soul Stone. I don't I, know. I like your. I like this. I like that theory, the Soul World. But yeah. So I, I thought I knew what Avengers, Avengers Four was going to be about. I have no idea now. But they did. We we said we were going to save talking about Captain Marvel. Um. So but so at the post credit scene, we see Nick Fury, who by the way has been MIA in the Marvel Universe for like what. Seven years or something now, and now all of a sudden, well, Samuel Jackson has so many movies on his contract, so yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but I, I love that this was probably the best post credit scene of any Marvel movie, or at least the most meaningful one. Um, but they plug Captain Marvel like she's going to be the savior of this whole catastrophe, right? I like it how he pulled out of like a really old 90s pager to call her, too. <laughs> the doctored up pager, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> So what it seems like is going to happen is because we know Captain Marvel, the movie is set in the nineties. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking that's going to be her sort of origin story. And then, so they'll introduce her like she came about in the nineties for some reason she goes into hiding and that's why she's been MIA this whole, something happens that she doesn't want to be involved and she's, right. that's why she's been in MIA this whole time. But now that it's gone to this extreme, she has to get involved. Um, well, it- she hasn't upgraded her technology because the only way you can get in touch with her is a pager. You know? <laughs> right. Does she going to be wearing Jinkos? Hey, man. we're, we're, we're going to go there and Star Lord still has a cassette tape player in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot Sony of these- Walkman. <laughs> so, man. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. It does seem like Captain Marvel is going to be in, in part four, so I'm ready for it. I, I, somebody had this crazy theory that she's going to be the one to beat Thanos by herself, like everybody was struggling, and she's just going to just come in like Superman like did with Steppenwolf and just yeah. just stomp Thanos to the ground. Like, no, I don't don't give me that. <laughs> that will completely destroy Thanos as a character if they did it. And it will destroy Captain Marvel's character, too. Well, they, they, they do have a history of killing these villains pretty quickly. Like, they don't... Loki's the only one that's lasted more than a, mo- a, couple, mo- a couple movies. Usually they don't last one movie. Yeah, they just kill them off and they just go to the next one. Yeah. Right. 
So, but I mean, Thanos, I agree. I think he needs to stick around for a while in some at some level. Yeah, I but mean, Thanos it, like gets killed off at, at the end of every one of these arcs he shows up in anyway. Well, in the comic, they don't have to kill Thanos. They just have to recover the Infinity Gauntlet. That they have to recover the stones from Thanos. So it's more about trickery than it is like overpowering him. Right. So maybe they go there. And that's what they were trying to do in that fight at the end. They were trying to get the glove off of him. Because once you almost had it, almost had it. Yep. Until Star Lord. (laughs) But at the same time, that's in character with Star Lord because, like he did with uh, with his father, you know, with Ego, when he found out that he killed his mother, he just flipped out and just started shooting. You know, sometimes he can be impulsive. That's his that's his character trait. Right. So he he ruined it. He ruined the whole thing. (laughs) All Star Lord's fault. fault. (laughs) I'm waiting to see. The Thanos was right hashtags. I'm waiting to see those. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they, I, I knew I knew he wasn't going to be defeated in this movie because the comics, the Thanos comic that Donny Cates has been writing, at the mm-hmm. top of every single comic, it's been saying Thanos wins, Thanos wins. That's been like a theme Marvel's been advertising for the last, you know, five or six months. Thanos right. wins. You can't do Ooh. that. You can't do all that and have a movie where the guy gets... You know, hit right? Because the then it would it would make him a weaker villain, but making him win. And plus, this is one of the few movies where the bad guy wins. You know, I always look at the games like you know, what movie does the bad guy win? I don't know. I can't think of one. Uh, the Dark Knight. The Joker okay. won. Yeah. So, uh, and people love Empire the Strikes Knight. Back. Did did well, Did Darth Vader really win? They well, the Empire won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, see, that one's hard for me because I, oh, okay, I, okay. I, I, I'll give you, I'll give you a better one. Revenge of the Sith. They definitely yeah. won in that one. But see, I, I watched Empire Strikes Back in a series because I didn't watch it when it first came out. So mm-hmm. when it first came out, if you watched it, you're probably right. It probably would have hit you the same way. But I watched those three sort of back to back, you know, way after the fact as a kid. So. Well, I was, I was, I was, oh, I'm old enough to remember when Empire Strike came out, yeah. watching it and having to wait for Return of the Jedi. Right. You're like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next? You know? Really? Years. That's what I'm right. thinking about. Like, 10 years from now, if kids are watching Avengers 3 and Avengers 4, they might just think of it all in one story that resolves neatly at the end. Whereas, we're right. sort and that, of like, and that's how they're going to want them. That's how Marvel's going to want them to do it. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. What else? Anything else you guys wanted to talk about? I like Spider Man. Peter Parker. His outfit. I mean, his 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 new costume was nice. You know, with the uh, the metal spider arms. Uh, legs oh yeah, yeah. Iron Spider. Iron Spider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was really nice. I, I I like it too. I, I'm I have a little bit mixed emotions because it feels like they're turning him into Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Right, Iron Boy. Like every every movie, he has a new suit now, and it's more technologically advanced. Right. Yeah, I would like the Doctor Strange better. Like, what what is he? Your ward? You know. <laughs> but did you even see some of the times when uh, he would get captured? You could see the white in his eyes would kind of blink a little and move. Like it wasn't you could just. Think, you could thank Deadpool for that. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> it was it was it was interesting. It, it, to you, your point, it, did you it, see it Homecoming? Like a, yeah, I did. I, I saw it maybe a week ago. Yeah, that's what yeah, they, it was. Just nice. To, yeah, they had the whole eyes moving 
up and down in all the different directions to sort of display emotion or whatever. Yeah, you talking about the eyes on his costume? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like just like a cloth costume anymore. Right. Like because that's how, that's how always, you know, displayed emotion in the comics, you right. know. So and it was hard and that's why like in the oldest Spider-Man movies why they were always taking off their mask cuz they couldn't display emotion, you know. But at least this one they can do it better now cuz you can move with the eyes and stuff. Which is a little bit weird because it offers no like strategic advantage to have your eyes look angry. <laughs> you it really doesn't, I mean? you know. <laughs> but but it looks cool on screen. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like one of those things, like, it translates to comics. You're like, eh, just, just go with it, you know? Yeah. No, right, I, liked, yeah. I liked it. I mean, it was sort of like one of those things. It's like, okay, it looks cool, so let's not over Right, not think it. too deep about it. Yeah, <laughs> right. some, some stuff you just have to, you know, just let go. Yeah. I was just glad that it wasn't. I, so we have been talking about, um, about this a lot lately in our sort of nerdy Legion group that uh, a lot of us, me in particular, like, I'm starting to get fatigue with these movies. Like, every movie is sort of the same thing. You're going to create a bad guy. You're going to tell a bunch of jokes. There's going to be a lot of cool action scenes. And then you're going to defeat the bad guy. Like, it's like cliche. Every single movie is the same thing, just with a different, you know, color. Um, This totally, there was no fatigue with this movie at all. They went in a different direction, and and, uh, I was glad they did that. Well, I think Marvel started to understand that people started to catch on to their formula, so they realized, okay, we have to switch up the formula. I hope so, because I'm wondering, like, what do they do now? Like, all the movies that are ex- that are set to come out in Phase 4, like, do mm-hmm. they just go back to the old formula, or how do you top this? Yeah, well, well you can't go back to the old formula, because people have recognized too much, and it, it kind of really didn't work for them, because the movies that followed that formula, like, I felt like Ant-Man was formulaic. Doctor Strange was formulaic. They all just felt like they were repeating whatever Iron Man did at first, you know. Mm-hmm. And they did okay successfully, but they weren't, you know, groundbreaking anything like that. Well, so I think these new movies that are coming out, they're going to push the envelope. What I mean by formulaic, like in Phase 3, is that a lot of jokes and a lot of action. Like, James, it worked really well what James Gunn did, and it's like everybody's repeating that now. So, Thor Ragnarok, yeah. Like, right. <laughs> as Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. And... You know, Black Panther wasn't like that, but it was it was still the same formula, just without with less jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like I always said, uh, Black Panther was a safe movie. You know, right. You could take a four euro to an 80 euro there and it was it was just a safe family movie. And it was great. It was great, though. But this one, man, it was it tugged on your emotions because people were dying. Your characters were dying. You know, yeah. I think they refreshed the characters good with the new outfits and the, the more mature storylines. Like, you know, yeah. they took them from they went. It wasn't the same Captain America. It wasn't the same Thor mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So it was really refreshing for me to see it. Yeah. And I think all these movies, like, I mean, even, like, the DC movie, like, if Justice League or Ragnarok came out 10 years ago, I would have been like, this is one of the most, one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. But at this point, is what I'm saying, it's like, man, we're getting so many of these, there's one every couple months, and it's sort of the same thing over and over again. So I, I, I was, this one, I really needed something different, and it delivered, at least from that aspect for me. Mm-hmm. I, I know where you're coming from really fast to make this point, but but I'm a, I'm a little older, so like like we were talking about the Star Wars, you get a Star Wars movie and you wouldn't know when the next one's coming out. 
and you wanted another movie and you wanted another movie. So I'm just like flood me with movies, you know, because I know what it's like to have a movie and then have to wait three or four years for another one to come out before they finally get the hint. Like, okay, yeah, let's let's get a schedule and get these movies put out because it leaves you hanging. But you so Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980. Mm -hmm. What were you like? Dewan, how how old were you? Like five? Four. Four? Four yeah, five, same, as, yeah. as me, same as me. Oh, yeah, we are the same age, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. We are. That's what I was saying. Uh, I, I watched this those movies later when I was like 10 or 12 or something, and I watched them. They were all, all already out, so I kind of watched them. No, because you watched them in the 90s after it was, okay. But I didn't watch it when I was four, and even if I did, I would not have remembered anything about it. <laughs> I think that my parents took me. I remember specifically going. I know the movie theater in the mall I went to. I saw the poster. I, I went back and had to watch Star Wars. I think they played it on TV, the first one. And then I saw Empire Strikes Back. And then Return of the Jedi was the one I, I really was a kid then. And I really latched on to. Yeah. Well, cool, man. You guys want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, good, good conversation, good talk. I'm yeah. finally got, I got a chance to talk to people that actually seen the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was at work today, and I'm like, you guys got to see this movie. Da, da, da. And they're like, don't tell me anything about it. I'm like, but I got to tell you, it's like, I got to talk to somebody about it. So, yeah, it's good that, that we can share this with Let's go, guys. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. No take, take care, guys. All right. Love you, Show. Got his head moving side to side. 